Welcome into episode number 15 of the Pinewood Perspective. We got B Money, Brett White from the Money Train filling in with us today. We got a good episode for you guys. We got recapping week nine, which was a wild one. Uh, we're going to be diving into pretty much the NFC North. If you look at all the games, they were pretty much the wildest ones from this weekend. Um, we are actually going to rebuild the Detroit Lions today as well. Um, they were on their bye week. So I thought it'd be kind of cool if, you know, we pretty much, you know, stepped in as GMs and head coaches and rebuild the Detroit Lions today. Uh, OBJ watch. It is currently around 3.20 p.m. on Wednesday as we are recording this. And uh, Odell Beckham Jr. still does not have a team. By the time this comes out tomorrow, he might. But uh, we're going to talk about where he think where, where we think he's going to go and where he's going to benefit the most. And then we're going to dive into our NFL Week 10 preview. I'm Will G. This is B. White. Justin Matthews. And this is the Pinewood Perspective. Welcome back into episode number 15 of the Pinewood Perspective. Um, we got a great episode for you guys today. Happy to have B-Money filling in for us this week. Uh, let's go ahead and see how everyone's weekends were. B-Money, uh, how was the weekend? Uh, weekend was good, man. Packers lost, which sucked. But I'm just trying to get over a little cold right now. I'm trying to finish up school, man. Uh, sounds pretty simple. Um, Packers Packers losing was uh, pretty nice for me, and along with the Vikings loss as well, it would have been beautiful, you know, to see the Bears win on Monday night, which they almost did. Uh, one, because the Vikings and Packers lost. It's always a good week when the Vikings and Packers lose and the Bears win. And then uh, um, would have been nice to see you bounce out of the suicide pool also. We were really hoping to get you out of that suicide pool. I just want it to be over with, you know. Just so I can get back. Yeah, I got a little nervous. <laughs> I thought it was ballsy for picking the Steelers, honestly. I was like, he's got some balls on him. You know, I thought there were some other gimmies this week. Uh, but uh, you rode with the Steelers and they won. Justin, how was your weekend? It was all right. Like you said, um, nice, interesting uh, Monday night game with the Bears. It's always good to watch the team be competitive. Um, the Bulls, man, the Bulls have yeah. me – very excited for the season. I think uh, we got some good days ahead in uh, basketball. I lost one of my uh, fantasy matchups by like point four. Uh, you know, had it is. It's always a, a, a basically not by a full point, but you know, a, a point four, whatever, some bullshit. But lost that one. That's the league I care about. That's the main league. Then the other one, I uh, the league I don't care about. I'm probably not gonna make the playoffs. I won in that one, so. Uh, Pretty high week, though, despite the Bears' loss, but it's been all right. If we're hopping into fantasy talk for a quick second here, you know, might as well. We got Brett on the show. I had probably one of the wildest uh, fantasy weekends I've had in a very long time. First of all, in uh, my main dynasty league that I shared with JB, uh, we had a matchup against uh, good old B-Money this week, and we threw out who we, we had to struggle with some bye weeks. 
our depth isn't the greatest. It was the battle for first place pretty much. And uh, we threw out Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, and Tyler Conklin. And we still knocked off B-Money. Shout out Denver Broncos for uh, keeping C.D. Lamb in check. That was probably the, the biggest one that helped us there. And then in my other Dynasty League, Brett's Dynasty League, I beat JB by 0.6. And I went into Monday night down like 58. And I had Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, and Bears defense. And I beat JB by 0. 0.6. Uh, oh. So they all put on a show, helped me out there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd probably say I had a pretty solid weekend. Um, it was nice. I think I hopped on the couch at 1130. Don't think I left the couch until about midnight. Uh, seven hours commercial-free football. I'm not having to worry about the Bears lose on a Sunday. It's been a while since I've had to deal with one of those days. But – it was pretty nice, pretty nice day. You know, obviously the Monday night game didn't turn out, but I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Justin. The Bulls, man, they're the only thing that's keeping me alive right now, you know. Uh, sure. <laughs> shit stomping the uh, shit stomping the Nets uh, after the Nets were on a five-game winning streak. It was nice. Let's go ahead and hop into the, the episode, though. Let's go ahead and get into the juicy stuff, what people came here for. Bills, Raiders, Rams all lose. They were all favored. Bills, probably the most embarrassing loss we've seen in a very long time in the NFL. Uh, if you know the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have been one of the biggest shitstorms in the NFL this year. Um, Urban Meyer dancing up on some girlies. Uh, T-Law not playing like T-Law what has been his entire life. You know, he's decent. He's on a bad roster, but, you know. Sure, they're hoping for a little bit more. Um, and we're talking about the Bills here, who I feel like everyone was, you know, kind of crowning the AFC title, AFC title, the AFC champs. I've been crowning them the AFC champions um, since the beginning of the season. So, uh, and then the Raiders lose to the Giants and the Rams lose to the Titans. The Titans are a solid squad. Um, are they frauds? JB, we'll go ahead and start with you. Why don't we start with the Bills? Are they frauds? I mean, JB isn't here, but Brett, <laughs> Brett, I'm used, I'm used to saying JB. All right, yeah, this was this was the one that uh, what I was talking about before the show, and um, I know it's not Monday, but I almost feel like this could be like an o a total overreaction. Uh, when you look at one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, the Tennessee Titans, I believe they're sitting at seven and two. Um, when they lost to the Jets, I mean, we we could have we could have really been saying the same thing. Like, Oh, these guys are frauds. You know, it's the NFL. Um, it's any given Sunday and it was the Jaguars Sunday uh, this past week. So do I think the bills are frauds because they lost to the Jags? No, not at all. The bills have one of the top quarterbacks in the league and Josh Allen, their defense is phenomenal. And uh, Sean McDermott has been a consistent head coach since he's got there. Um, they're, they play in a weak division. They're going to walk away with, the uh the division title without a doubt in my mind I know the Patriots are a game behind and you never know with Bill Belichick but I just see that to be a little bump in the road for him just how uh Green Bay had week one just how the Bengals had against the Jets early on and um a game that comes to my mind is because of another team on this list is the Rams last year when they lost to the Jets you know mm -hmm. um I don't think I don't think one loss really make a team a fraud you know it's a 16 game season and especially when you're in a commanding position so are the bills frauds no i think that's really a joke of a question if you think the bills are a fraud then you're just overreacting 
joke of a question. I don't know who typed these up, but uh, maybe. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I think I think it needs to be said, though, you know, not, no, not saying exactly. that it's a joke of a question for you to put it in here, but to really think that they're a fraud, you know? No, I agree with you. It, that's that's pretty much why I did it. And I still think the Bills are coming out of the AFC this year. Um, no doubt in my mind. And it, it, it's exactly like you said. I mean, we look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, the Super Bowl champions. How many games did they have in the middle of the season where you're like, holy shit, you know, they're not a Super Bowl. I mean, look at the Bears game. Bears were, you know, not the Jags last season. They were a playoff team. But right. it's I mean, all about if, being hot. It's all about being hot at the right time. And it's exactly. it's about to be week 10. And I think the teams that you got to have an eye on are the teams that are like winning five in a row towards the end of the season going into the playoffs. This mm-hmm. this is this just happens. Exactly. It's a middle middle of the pack thing. Which how you feel, Justin? Yeah, um, I agree with what Fred is saying. But my okay, well, my first thing is like you said, the um the Jets beat the Tennessee Titans. That was I I, I almost want to say like that was kind of different because they obviously was missing everybody, AJ Brown and uh Julio. So that was kind of different. But I do I think the point that you're making is the same thing, right? Just but you can't go based off just one game. And like you said, it was the Jaguars Sunday. They clearly wanted it more. And I just, I mean, you know, they they did what they had to do. I mean, I feel like sometimes teams can even get complacent. I mean, they got all of these expectations on them. Like you said, we we already crowning them AFC champions, uh, you know. So, I mean, they kind of, you're setting their ways. And you they, they probably took a week off and you did it against a hungry team, even though they got a bad record. And so, I mean, it's just... Like you said, it was the Jag Sunday, and they showed out. No, yeah, exactly. I completely agree with that standpoint on it too. Um, it, like like Brett was saying, any given Sunday, any team can show up and beat anybody. Uh, I just think, yeah, I still I still got Bills as my AFC title game. I think they're too damn good, uh, and it just happened to be the other Josh Allen's day. I mean, can we talk about that for a second? Interception, sack. Um, I think he had like two tackles for losses, pass deflections. I mean, it, he was just having a day. And some days it's just uh, one Josh Allen's day and not the other. Um, the Let's go ahead and talk about the Las Vegas Raiders coming out five and two. Um, I, didn't, I wouldn't say they're in a very tough division, but if you look at their division, everyone's got a winning record. It's a tough division, no doubt. But I just don't know how I feel about the teams. Like the Broncos have had it pretty, made pretty easily even though they just knocked off the Cowboys. They're a team with a winning record. The Chiefs have been one of the most, you know, shocking kind of disappointments early on in the season. Um, Everyone was talking AFC title for them as well. Them and the Bills, I think, were the only two teams that were really being considered. Um, Maybe the Browns a little bit, but the Chiefs, man, five and four, you, you couldn't have told me that. No chance. And then, you know, I don't think this many people were high on the Raiders, but they come out. Um, have a hot start to the year, five and two. They've dealt with a lot of issues. Damon Arnett cut, Henry Ruggs going to be in prison. And uh, let's not forget John Gruden was fired. So, and then losing on the road to the Giants this weekend. How do we feel about the Raiders? Would you say that they are frauds? We'll go ahead and kick it off with you once again, Brett. All right, yeah. So, I know the Raiders just came off a loss that they should have won, but – at some point, you know, when you drop when you drop a lot of those kind of uh, not must win games, but teams that you should be better than, 
you should win. When you when you start dropping too many of those games, I think it's time to start worrying a little bit. You know, when they're sitting at five and three, I don't think they should be as comfortable as um, other five and three teams are, you know, such as the Bills, who we just discussed. Uh, if you look at their schedule, they still have to play the Chiefs twice. And as you just said, the Chiefs are sitting at five and four. Um, there's no excuse for them not to be hungry and uh, to try to get a top of the division. And yeah, even the Broncos, I believe they still have to play them one more time. They've lost to the Chargers earlier on, earlier on this season and have to play them again. So um, I know I was really defending the Raiders a lot when we've talked. Um, I know you were going in on their, their draft and stuff. Um, they've had a lot of, uh, a lot of guys not work out for them. And with, with how uh, the rest of their schedule seems to be, um, if we're talking about uh, a fraud being maybe not in, uh, in the same tier as the rest of the five and three teams where they sit, I'd say I had to consider the Raiders frauds. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. And I want to touch on our, um, you know, our conversations that we had in the past about the Raiders for a second here. I feel like my biggest, you know, kind of like vengeance of the Raiders comes from the Khalil Mack trade and how it's, everyone after Josh Jacobs, after Josh Jacobs rookie year said, you know, we won the Khalil Mack trade. I mean, look at it now. You have, you have not won the Khalil Mack trade. Um, Damon Arnett just cut. It hasn't worked out for you guys in any way whatsoever, really, in my opinion. You know, you can say, yeah, you didn't get a Super Bowl out of uh, Khalil Mack, and we won't get a Super Bowl out of Khalil Mack unless, you know, things uh, turn for the best here in Chicago. But at the end of the day, we got, you know, a potential Hall of Fame player. And you had uh, – and you drafted Josh Jacobs, who I feel like was a reach. There was a better running back taken in the third round that you could have had. and. uh same thing goes with Damon Arnett. You cut him after just one season. So the trade didn't work out for you. And that's where most of my vengeance comes through when, you know, I kind of bash the Raiders. Um, and I'd have to agree with you on the standpoint that they're frauds. Um, they've got, what, three losses now, one to the Bears. We're the not Bears, the Chargers, team. and the Giants. Yep. Bears, Chargers, and Giants. And like you said, they should not be sitting comfortable at all. I've looked at the rest of their schedule. I'd say Washington is probably the only team where they maybe can, you know, feel pretty comfortable about. But when you look at the rest of that, like you said, they've got the Chiefs twice and they got the Chiefs coming up. The Bengals are a really good football team. The Cowboys are a really good football team. Washington, you know, I think the Raiders should win that game. And you got Kansas City again, the Browns, the Broncos are going to be tough, Colts and the Chargers. You're talking a lot of divisional football games left and the Colts, Browns, Cowboys, Bengals. Those are four really good teams. Um, and I just don't see anything playing out for Raiders the rest of the season. Uh, I think they've got too much baggage with them. And, you know, it's not it's not on a lot of their team's fault, but they have had so many headlines around them this year, probably the most in the NFL. And uh, I think you can book it for them to be uh, golfing after week 17. Justin, what's your standpoint on the Raiders? Yeah, the Raiders are – very iffy. That whole division is very iffy. I think the only thing personally that I can rule out is the Broncos won't win the division. But other than that, I feel like the Chargers are a solid team. 
Um, they got a, 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 a nice young quarterback. The Chiefs are stumbling, but I mean, it's really just kind of because of the uh, defensive side of the ball. I feel like they can pull it together on uh, offense. I feel like the O-line is not playing up to snuff, but I just, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, we've seen him over the, the, the past three or four years just be amazing. So I'm, if anything with the Chiefs, I'm banking on that. And then the Raiders, I feel like they got an all right team, but I feel like they've been, it's, 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 it's too much going on. They in a new stadium, lose your head coach, uh, lose rugs, Arnett. So I feel like this is, it's possible. I wouldn't bet on them. If I had to like pick, I would choose the Chargers just because I feel like they are the most um, comfortable. And when I say comfortable, I mean like the most, uh, I, I, Complete. I trust them the most to kind of get it done. They're more the uh, Chiefs, but if I if I choose, I'm gonna choose the Chargers. But yeah, I just feel like it's too much going on in Vegas, and this ain't gonna be one of those Cinderellas against all odds seasons that they win a division and come in, you know, make some real noise. So I feel like they can be competitive. Um, I feel like they're gonna most likely win this weekend, partly because I've I've, I've bet on them uh, twice in the. Uh, this season and they came through, but mm -hmm. also I feel like the Chiefs on, 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 on defense, man, I just don't trust the Chiefs on defense. So, uh, and then also you got to think about last year. We saw them, they got the same quarterback. Uh, we saw them be competitive last year and actually beat the Chiefs in one of those games, but they was competitive in both games when we thought of the Chiefs as, you know, um, Super Bowl contenders. So they know this team, I feel like they're going to get the win this weekend and it's very um it's really up in the air with that division off. I feel like uh yeah I mean divisional games are always going to be tight in my opinion I don't care if it's the Lions and the Packers playing you've seen the Lions leading the Packers at halftime this year and they're 0-8 it's a divisional game they're always going to be tough games and the Raiders definitely could squeak a couple of those out but it's also going to be tough for them as well no matter who they're playing you could say you know they stomped the Broncos yeah um, the Broncos are going to be pissed off and they're going to be coming for heads um, next time they play. Uh, my big thing about them is, uh, like I said, I just, I just, I don't know. Maybe I sound like an old white man, but Sin City, man. Sin City. <laughs> Look, it, it's, it's catching up with them. Like, just the headlines <laughs> are already coming out. Things are going bad in Vegas. Uh, they wanted a team there and look what happens. You know, it's, it's just not a good place to be uh, hosting a football team. Uh, last team, last uh, last team I want to break down is the Rams. Uh, pretty much is getting stomped um, offensively. Uh, their defense held their own, but their defense is one of the best in the leagues. Uh, but you know they've really put Matt Stafford and the Rams offense in check Sunday night in front of the whole nation on the road. And I feel like we just got to start giving credit to Rabel um, and the Titans. They're a hot team. They did it without Derrick Henry too. Um, I, I'm gonna be very excited to see if the Titans can keep rolling because they started off the season, you know, getting absolutely wrecked by the Cardinals and then, you know, lost to the Jets. So I've really, you know, liked what they got going on in Tennessee now, but the Rams is who I want to talk about uh, to say, are they frauds? is probably a little steep, but uh, considering the fact that they're sitting at seven and two, um, but are we talking about them in the same breath now as we were maybe three weeks ago? Are we still talking Super Bowl for the Rams? I had Rams-Bills in my Super Bowl. Are we still talking Rams in the Super Bowl? Brett, we'll go ahead and start with you once again. Um, I want to start off 
talking about the Rams with the move they just made, um, acquiring Von Miller. And, uh, yeah, win or lose this last Sunday, I think that move alone with the position that they're sitting in kind of just tells you what they're going to be doing moving forward. They're already thinking for the playoffs. Um, and healthy, you can't tell me that a Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey team won't overcome whatever whatever they have ahead of them. Um, sitting at what are they like seven and two right now or six seven and, and three? two, seven and seven two. and two. Yeah, seven and two. That's a great record. So um, yeah, they got waxed by the Titans. The Titans are a really good team. You know, it's not as uh, comparable to. Um, the Bills game, I think the Bills losing to the Jaguars, you know, like this was a primetime game. Um, no excuse not to be ready. Uh, these are both two playoff teams, but yeah, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Um, I have the Rams kind of sitting at the same boat as the Bills. The only difference is I don't think it's going to be, I don't think uh, them get, winning their division is as much of a lock as I see for the Bills, you know. Agreed. Which is huge when it comes to a playoff seating. But at the end of the day, it's all about just getting to the playoffs first. So do I – and, you know, I've been talking about the defense this whole time. Let's not forget that Matt Stafford's an MVP candidate. Cooper Cup is lighting it up. Um, and, Cooper you know, Cup's Robert Woods, win. he's – yeah, he's probably going to be at, at the end of the season to uh, name the best receiver this year, you know. Offensive player of the year probably. Yeah, that's a possibility as well. But, um, yeah, Stafford, you know, that whole team is playing well. So to say they're frauds is uh, a little bit of an overreaction for me. Yeah, completely agreed there. Uh, Justin, I want to hear your standpoint on the Rams before I dive into them. Yeah, um, I agree with almost everything Brett said pretty much. Um, Yeah, I think you can't call them frauds still too early, like uh, Brett said earlier. Um, we still got a nice chunk of the season left. If they get hot at the end of the season and with the Von Miller move, I don't believe we have any reason to think that they can't. They get hot at the end of the season. That's all That's all it takes because uh, even last year, you think about the Tampa Bay Bucks from last year around this time, they wasn't necessarily – we weren't thinking about them as Super Bowl contenders, but they got hot at the end of the season, and, I mean, you see the results. So uh, we got to see what Von Miller looks like this team they got enough time for him to come in and jail and them to figure out whatever they got to figure out so they could be a a, a, a solid defense but um mm-hmm. yeah pretty much everything Brett said I mean you can't you ain't gonna tell me a Jalen Ramsey Aaron Donald and Von Miller team ain't gonna at least be competitive so um oh, yeah they in, a tough, they in a tough division but um I mean yeah they can they can be competitive they got time to uh, make a run, and as as we can see, they're going all in by picking up Von Miller. And I I personally feel like if 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 I had to choose, I want OBJ to go to LA because I feel like they need to go all in right now. I think they need to go for it and you know try to win a, a Super Bowl. So I feel like that's the move, and I feel like that Von Miller move. That's what they're trying to implement, and that's what they're trying to. Mm-hmm. Uh, get going so yeah the Rams way way too early to call them frauds and they still got a lot of time to just put it together and make a real serious run for the Super Bowl oh 100% I think with Matt Stafford these dudes could be you know hanging in you know Super Bowl contention for years to come now uh this this could go down as maybe the best move that this franchise has made 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just think, like, I completely agree with you guys. This team's going to be competitive for a long time, and I think that they're definitely still maybe, you know, my Super Bowl favorite. I don't know. I really love Matt Stafford in that Rams uniform. Their offense is kicking. You know, everyone's going to have a down week, and they had one of these games against the Titans, and that just happens. That's how it goes. We talked about it with the Bills, and it's the same thing. You know, obviously, it's a lot different. Titans are a good football team, but you can't expect the Rams to go out there and win every single game. Like Brett said, I agree with the standpoint of they probably they might not even walk away with their division. The Cardinals are a very good football team. Uh, they just stomped a division rival with Colt McCoy and no D-hop. Um, it just shows you that Arizona is really building something special over there as well. And another thing I want to point out is it finally feels like the, a- the NFC is taking over the reign of the AFC as the true powerhouse of the NFL. I mean, we went through two decades of Tom Brady. We went through damn near two decades of Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. It feels like the NFC is finally, you know, we've got the true powerhouses. The Bucks are a powerhouse. The Packers are a powerhouse. The Rams are a powerhouse. The Cardinals are a powerhouse. Those are four teams that we could be seeing playing in L.A. in February, could be playing in a Super Bowl. And you even look at our wildcard teams right now. The Saints are a solid team. Uh, I know that, you know, James Winston going down hurts them a lot. Um, the Cowboys, really good football team. It's just, you know, like the NFC finally feels like a powerhouse. And, you know, that makes me feel yeah, good Seattle. because Seattle, I mean, they got Russell Wilson. You can never count them out as a wild card team. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from the NFC. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, just re quickly recap the, the NFC North's wild weekend. Uh, we'll let Brett kick it off with his green Bay Packers. And what, what, what did you see from Jordan love and how are you feeling about Sunday's performance, Brett? Okay. So I think there's a, there's a lot to unpack with how Jordan love played, you know, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. You can, you can look at it from just the direct game standpoint, you can look at it from it being his first start, um, you know, and I think I think those two ways you look at it are have completely uh, different opinions, you know, because first start in in a tough environment like Kansas City, it's one of the loudest outdoor stadiums, um, Kansas City. They they haven't been playing well, but you know going into that game you gotta you gotta expect just as you should every game expect that a team's gonna play well, especially with Mahomes across the sideline from you. But I don't think I think it's probably impossible to be a quarterback and to not have those first game jitters. Um, 100%. If you just look back at every every I was just seeing so many players first starts like they've just been meltdowns, you know. So. Um, I don't think it matters, you know, too much. Um, I know you'd like to see I, me as a Packer fan. I would have liked to see him play better because looking at the game, it was a poor quarterback performance. But when you want to put it in the category of it hit being his first start, and you know, then it then it's not so bad. But you know, you got to call a spade a spade, and they scored seven points on what seemed to be like a trick play almost. You know, they quick hiked them caught him off balance. And I know how you feel about uh, old Swanson. That's who we picked on right there on that play. <laughs> so, Chris Conti 
to get to get to get a touchdown on a fourth and five on a quick hike when you're catching the defense off balance, you know, um, to only have seven points all game. I know there were special team issues, but overall, it was a poor offensive performance by the Packers. The defense looked great, though. And um, yeah, I mean, if if we want to talk about quarterbacks every single week after after every single week of how they play, our opinions are going to constantly be changing. You know, I th- you got to just exactly. give it all time. So. Um, I'm not jumping the gun on Jordan Love here. Uh, you, you can't really say what he's going to do from his first start. But if we're talking about it from a one-game standpoint, it wasn't good. And, I mean, a lot of players don't play good in their first start. So wasn't that surprising. But, you know, I, I, I would like us to uh, put up a little more than seven points not having Rodgers. You know, it's, it's, it's big. It doesn't make you feel good. No, yeah, exactly. And it goes to show you those the stupid Packer fans, Brett, that don't think that we're like uh, pretty much just buying out on Aaron Rodgers uh, playing again in Green Bay. Didn't care. Talked about, oh, we got Jordan Love. Like it kind of gave you a little taste of, you know, this could be life without Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not saying it's always going to be like that for Jordan Love. Obviously, he could grow into his into Rodgers shoes. He's got very big shoes to fill. Yes, but he could grow into being a very successful quarterback in the NFL. But just to see Packer fans get that little taste of, you know, life without Rodgers, it did make me feel good as a Bear fan. But people got to remember, it's just – I feel like I've talked about this multiple times here. People are just tossing QB progression out the door. And Herbert and Mahomes have ruined the NFL when it comes to quarterback progression. I mean, I feel like I love what they did. I mean, it's amazing what they did. But I feel like teams are just so quickly to bounce on QBs now because they see what's going on in the NFL. They don't want to let things ride out anymore. I feel like a good example of this is Drew Locke. Drew Locke has shown a lot of potential. He has played very bad, yes, but he showed a lot of potential. But they are out on him quickly. He has started only, I believe, 16 or 17 games as quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And it just goes to show you that they're not willing to let this progression ride. And maybe they don't have the time I agree on that standpoint you know their defense is good but they're also aging so I understand the the fact of you know we need to win now but at this I don't know at the same time I feel like you know you just gotta let things ride you 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 can't even give up after a season we've seen how Peyton Manning was awful after his first season uh and there's been a lot of good quarterbacks Josh Allen he was atrocious in year one and year two kind of so I feel like, you know, we just need to start letting things ride a little bit more. Uh, but at the same time, it was nice to see Jordan Love uh, get that little taste of medicine. Justin, uh, how do you feel about the Sunday's performance from Green Bay as a whole? Yeah, um, yeah it wasn't kind of like this is pretty much what Brett was saying you can't you can't judge Jordan Love off of one performance you can't judge any quarterback off one performance you gotta especially jitters like those jitters that's that's a real thing I think that's partly why they why they play Justin Fields how they did and week one they threw him in real quick and took him out and they was kind of they wanted them to get those jitters out but we saw what Fields looked like in his first game I mean granted he was going against a great defense but a great defense compared to our offense, but I mean, he didn't look good at all. I mean, you got to get those first jitters out. You cannot judge him off of that one performance. Um, you also got to take into context everything that it was. He came out, he wasn't even throwing the ball at first. He was just, they just kept running, running the uh, football. And I know Aaron Rodgers was out and, 
you expected it to look a little better, but it's still a rookie. And that's what I keep saying about Justin Fields. Like, it's just they rookies. And like you said, uh, Pat Mahomes and Herbert, they came out and set the world on fire. It don't always work like that. That's that's two different, that's two unique circumstances. And in the real world, most people look like Jordan Love or Justin Fields when they first come out. You know, you got you to gotta get over those jitters and you, you got you to gotta work. It's, 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 it's a work in progress. Even even Justin Fields this past week, I mean, he looked. I could you can clearly see the development. You can clearly see, and our situations is completely different from uh, Green Bay. You know, no 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 um offensive line. Um, definitely Lafleur is better. No Hall of Fame quarterback to sit behind yeah, for a year. Yeah, better right. coaching so, from Lafleur, I mean, yes, but yeah, so the situations is completely different. But I mean, still. I don't think just uh, Jordan Love looked bad. I think he looked like a rookie quarterback. I mean, what you – everybody can't be Justin, Justin Fields. And, uh, Justin Fields. Everybody can't be Patrick Mahomes. I mean, so he looked – You, I don't know what he's going to be. I don't know what he's going to turn to, turn into. But, I mean, he looked all right for that to be his first start. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I would, I would agree with both of you on this. I do want to say something about um, the quarterback progression, though. I think it sounds really good, you know, making a comparison um, to saying, like, oh, yeah, they're giving up on quarterback progression because of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Um, you know, I, I think that sounds good, but I don't find it necessarily to be true. Um, you have to evaluate each situation as its own, you know. If we're talking about Drew Locke, you can't be talking about, oh, well, look what Josh Allen did. You know, they're two totally different people. It sounds good, but at the end of the day, um, when, when, when we're looking at Josh Allen and what he had worked on to fix, you know, it was all his arm angles and doing all this crazy science that I've never heard anyone doing. But, um, you know, while he's doing that, it's not like they're looking at Drew Locke and can say, oh, let's do the same thing that Josh Allen did because he didn't have those same problems, you know? So mm -hmm. everyone, I think um, comparisons, they sound good and all, but, you know, the, the top executives, the top scouts, you know, they're taking everything into account when they're making these decisions. And, um, you know, I, I'm not, they're not right all the time, obviously, but to, I don't think it's necessarily too big of a problem to be moving on a guy after 17 games, you know, because you can put another whole season to waste if that's the case and maybe miss out on a guy like, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, right now, after we watch the Monday night game again, it's really easy to jump the gun after a good week and a bad week. But the Broncos, I mean, who's who's to say right now that they're like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe fields would have been nice. You know, if they taken fields in the draft, if they had given up on drew lock sooner and given up on the opportunity of Teddy Bridgewater sooner, then maybe they would have drafted a quarterback. So mm -hmm. there's situations that you can look at to say, Oh, um, giving up on it sooner can be better. And yeah, Maybe holding longer can be better as well. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and Agreed. it's a two way street. Um, to bring right to compare Drew Lock into this, like if we want to say, oh, they're giving up on Drew Lock too or too early. Drew Lock plays more three more seasons. I don't. I still don't see him being in the top average of the quarterbacks. So 
you know, I, I think agree. It's, uh, I was just using. You got to give or take with every situation. Right, right. I feel like uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. With. No, you're good. You're good. I was just gonna reiterate what I said. Go on. Yeah, I feel like Drew Lock had his chance though. Like last season, I thought that was his chance because he had been sitting for what a year or two already. He right? sat. No, he he was he was a 2019 pick. He sat. He sat the first couple games, I think, or first like 10 games actually with uh, Joe Flacco. He sat behind Flacco for the first like 10 games of the season. And then he came in at the end of the year. He looked promising. He had some pretty good games. Uh, and then last season, he just got no consistency when it came to injuries. Yeah, I think he had shoulder issues. Um, and I think that's like another thing. I, I, I saw like some things from Drew Locke that I like, but I saw things that I didn't. But like you like consistency comes into play as well. Yeah, you know, it, he did get his 17 games in, but you got to remember, like, two of those times where he came back and got some games in, he was coming off of injuries. Uh, he didn't play until the end of the year with Denver in his first season. Uh, he just got no consistency as well, and I think that's a big thing. If you want to sit Drew lockdown down and play from game one to game 17, he looks like shit, I think then, yeah, okay, it's easy to give up on him there. Um, but I feel like you know, with his situation and how inconsistent it's been for him. Uh, it's just kind of tough for me to, you know, completely give up on the guy. I do agree with you, Brett. I don't think that he's going to be that guy that Denver wants him to be, but at the same time, it's just like throwing it out the door. And, but yeah, I do and agree with you on the two way street. Like, yeah, if they take Justin Fields right now, that Bronco fans aren't even thinking about what Drew Locke could have been at all. Right. And, and to, to kind of put more of a stamp on this, Think about it. If if everyone is on the same page on a decision, then it's too damn late. If if everyone said, "Oh yeah, they they Drew Lock got his chance," then it's obviously too damn late. Right. You know, because if you know you have the people in charge that are making the decisions on when it's time and when it's not, and you know, there's there's value in making the correct decision beforehand. So yeah, if, if everyone agrees on it, then yeah, it's too late and you can't be and, too yeah, late in the NFL. I feel like if you looked at like the Bears situation, they probably let Mitch ride longer than they should have. They mm -hmm. gave him, you know, 2018, you definitely can't give him up on him after that year. He goes into 2019, you know, he misses a few games. Yeah. He had some inconsistence as well. He had, he missed some time with injuries, but I mean, you, you've seen pretty much halfway through 2019 that, you know, this is the quarterback right here that you're getting. Uh, you're talking year three, second year in a system, and that's it. And they let him ride. You know, they brought in Nick Foles. Uh, they didn't have the first round pick in 2020, so it would have been extremely difficult to move up and grab Herbert or Burrow or even Tua, which now looking at it, you know, um, I'm not upset that they didn't go get Tua. But even just, you know, looking at it this year, the Panthers and the both Panthers and the Broncos are probably shooting themselves in the foot because if you ask me who's probably – I mean, I know we haven't gotten Trey Lance's uh, – you know, side of it yet. Trey Lance hasn't had his opportunities, but the two most impressive rookies to me have been Mac Jones and then probably Justin Fields. And situations are also different as well. You know, you got T-Law in Jacksonville and you have Trevor Lawrence, or yeah, you got T-Law in Jacksonville and you have Zach Wilson in New York with the Jets. Um, and so, you know, obviously, like Brett said, everything's hindsight 2020. And uh, real quick, I want to hop into Bears Monday Night Madness. Uh, uh, Brett, we'll get the outside opinion first. Uh, how was that Monday night game? You know, watching that, obviously the suicide pool worked out for you and everything, but what was your kind of just takeaways from that game? Yeah. You know, I think this is going to really, 
um, give you a perspective on how I truly feel about this. Um, if I win the suicide pool, I get $130 off of $10. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers were my team. So, of course, I want to see the Bears lose and the Steelers win. I hate the Bears. They're in the division. Probably one of my most disliked teams in the NFL. But it really just sucked to watch the Bears get robbed, honestly. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't want the Bears to win. But the fact that um, you just, uh, you know, people have talked about the fix, you know, and all that, like, for years. And I never want to believe it, you know. And I'm not saying that that's what happened, but when you just watch a game unfold like that, it just makes you feel like your team can just be taken out of it without your control, you know? And, um, you know, if you just remove one of the many atrocious calls in that game, and it seemed to be very one-sided, um, I think the outcome of it's totally different, let alone with a completely fair uh fair called game so um it, it worked out for me uh financially for the pool and division wise but it just really sucked for the nfl overall yeah that one thing i want to say is i feel like the rest of the nfl was more pissed off than bear fans were about the l i was upset man my heart was crushed for sure uh but i feel like a lot of bear fans were you know happy with the win or with the loss kind of kind of like you know you kind of got robbed and that was the game where we felt as if you know maybe fields is turning a corner and that was the one one thing about the game where when it came down to the wire you know you got two minutes on the clock Justin Fields his first situation like this where he needs the lead to drive down the field and put points on the board his first situation like this in the NFL against Mike Tomlin and that Steelers defense on the road he goes down there and puts seven on the board I mean fuck man I haven't been bricked up like that in a minute. (laughs) I mean, fuck. I mean, that got me juiced up. Like, and all all I wanted to see out of the kid was just, you know, he played good on that last drive, and he did, and he played good. And the whole game, you know, was a really solid performance from Justin Fields against Mike Tomlin in a difficult place to play in Pittsburgh. So I feel like, like I said, I feel like more people outside of the Bears fandom were pissed off about the loss than we were. And that's very rare to see. And it was good to see some national recognition um, just about the game overall, about how disgusting the refer- the officiating was. And I will probably say, I've probably said this 20 times in my life. This time, I feel like I'm actually saying it with, like, truth. That was the worst officiated game I've ever watched. And it, it was it was tough to watch, especially going against my team. And, you know, that that crew was just awful. But like I said, you know, um, uh, we'll kick it over to Justin. But, Brett, I do want to hear your opinion on, on the field's play. Justin, uh, how was your uh, your takeaways for Monday night's game? Yeah, um, like you said, it was terrible officiating. They missed a bunch of, uh, I think, like roughing the passer calls. Even though we lost the game, and, and then obviously, you know, the, uh, the hip check by the referee, that was that was terrible. I think that, that tongue rule is – terrible because at this point it's damn near deciding games and like you said it ain't nothing it ain't nothing to do with football for real like it's nothing and it that's it shouldn't get to the point that it's actually deciding games and it didn't necessarily decide this game but still I mean like as a whole as a watching the NFL as a, as a product I, that's that is terrible they need to 
to fix that. That is that tunnel rule is terrible. But like you said, we lost, but it wasn't. It's the way that we lost. I mean, I think we was lucky to still be in it. That um that 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 fumble on the uh, punt return. Uh, that was, that was man. I mean, so I mean, we was we was lucky to still be in it. But like you said, Justin Fields, you can see week to week he's getting better. Um, he's clearly progressing. I feel like this is the kind of game that we need to lose. Uh, I, I, I hope that this gets Matt Nagy fired. I hope that he's gone after this season. Um, like you said, well, this is clearly Justin Fields is clearly the guy. I don't, this is the guy. It ain't, he's, Justin Fields is the guy. But, I'm, I mean, you can just see him getting better every week. And I just, I feel like the way that we lost is what's important. It wasn't, we didn't get blown out. We didn't get dominated. You know what I mean? Like we had a, a real chance to come back and win this game. And it was, it was, it was nice to watch, even though it was a, a, a L. I mean, you know, we're not expected to make the playoffs, so we're not trying to necessarily fight for playoffs even. And I mean, we don't. I'm pretty sure we all on the same page with that. We're not. The Bears not making the playoffs, but from this, this is that season that you want to see. You know, you got you a, a rookie quarterback. You want to see the progression. That's all we want. Yeah, exactly. we want to see the progression, and we want to see um, our team start molding itself into one of those championship kind of teams. So. <laughs> I mean, I feel like next year it'll be much better. Hopefully we get a, a new head coach. We're gonna um get uh Tevin back on the on the on the O-line. Hopefully everybody can stay healthy. I don't know what's gonna happen with um A Rob. I pray to God he stays, but he's probably gonna be gone. But I mean, but this is it's a it's a it's a it's a L, but it's a good L. Yeah, that's that's uh that's another thing that I like what you said there, Justin. We're we're finally looking at the offensive pieces that Ryan Paces is putting together for the future. Um, and if you look at his last two drafts, that's pretty much where it's been, you know, Justin Fields obviously being the biggest one out of that, but we've seen Cole Komet's best game. I mean, Cole Komet looks like he's finally, you know, getting that growth and um, that uh, chemistry with Justin Fields, which is what we need. Um, Darnell Mooney has obviously been his favorite target all year long, um, which is nice to have. Uh, and then just seeing, you know, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, both playing good in the backfield, and then the potential of Tevin Jenkins being a very good left tackle, once healthy, um, and also Larry Borum on right tackle. He played solid. You know, he's going against T.J. Watt, uh, only allowed one pressure and one sack against, you know, a guy who arguably should have been defensive player of the year last year and this year. <clears throat> so, it's nice to see these pieces kind of turning and growing together that Ryan Pace has built here. Uh, but B Money, I want to hear, you know, your outside opinion on how you feel about Jay Fields after this game. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Justin Fields, uh, there's there's a lot of reasons to be excited as a Bear fan to at, uh, when you watched him drive down the field and give your team the lead. But um you know, maybe I missed something, but I mean, for the first, the first half, um, it just looked like terrible, you know? I mean, it's real, it's real easy to get some recency, you know, recency bias, be excited about what happened at the end of the game. And he did put them in the position to win the game, but I can just remember thinking like, wow, this, this is like terrible. The offense is terrible. I remember David Montgomery, he had like a big run 
like 20 yards or something to get to the 50 or somewhere around there. But that was literally like, I was thinking, I'm like, I think that's the only offensive play I've seen all night. And it seemed to be really one-sided and uh, you know, the special teams made that play. And then that's when things started to turn around. It seems like they got some momentum. Um, But as far as, as far as Justin Fields, um, yeah, it's, it's always good to see your quarterback have a game-winning drive. And, you know, you know what I said about comparisons earlier, how, like, it doesn't always make sense. But, you know, I mean, Tim Tebow had some game-winning drives, too. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this is early in the season. So, you know, if you want, if you want to crown him, then crown his ass. But, uh, you know, I think, I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really good game. It's something to be proud of, but it's definitely nothing to um, overreact about, especially with a, a slow start to the game and a lot of um, passing yards that as a Steelers defense, you know, you would think that you're giving them. And then when all that stuff goes wrong, um, maybe you had, maybe they had wished they uh, went about the second half a little bit differently. You know, I, I think his stats, um, maybe don't uh, give off the same impression as I felt that he played, but with finishing the game with a game winning drive, uh, when your team needs you the most, I mean, you really can't ask for anything more. So that's something to be happy about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Especially from a rookie. And I feel like it's always nice to get that opinion, you know, kind of bring us off cloud nine a little bit. We've never seen a good quarterback in our life. And so it's always nice to get an opinion off of someone who has had uh, his entire life surrounded about Hall of Fame quarterback. So that's kind of why I wanted to get your opinion on how Jay Fields played. Let's go ahead and hop into OBJ. Uh, Where do you guys think he goes and where do you guys think he's going to benefit the most? Justin, we'll start with you. Where do you believe that he will end up uh, potentially very any minute? It could come at any minute, come tonight, come tomorrow. Uh, but where do you believe that you will be watching uh, Odell Beckham Jr. be playing football? I want him to go to the Rams. I mean, we saw how that worked out for, uh, you know, Brady. I feel like if you add him with uh, Cooper Cup and what's the other one? Um, Robert, Robert Woods. Woods yep. yeah, Robert Woods, I feel like you, you can't prioritize all three of them. They already got a pretty nice, um, pretty nice quarterback. I like their run game. But um, I think he, in in reality, I think he ends up either with the Saints, and I pray to God I'm wrong, or the Green Bay Packers. And I I think if I if I got to choose which one benefits him more, I I think I'm gonna say the Packers. I pray to God I'm wrong. I I think he benefits more with the Packers. I think the Saints because they obviously have a need for a number one wide receiver. And that's where he's from. So you always got the um, the allure of wanting to return home. So that's why he would end up with the Saints. But other than that, the Green Bay Packers, I mean, you on the side of Devonta Adams, a lot of people who – a lot of people consider the best wide receiver in the league. And you got a real shot to go to a Super Bowl. You got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I feel like that was the main problem in Cleveland. You need a big-arm quarterback. And on top of that, you know, they had a run first system. You got Aaron Rodgers. I don't care which, where you put Aaron Rodgers, he's going to throw the football. Aaron Rodgers with OBJ, I feel like that's a match made in heaven. He don't even got to be the number one guy. So he don't even got to be, you know, he, he probably won't even be first priority. That's going to be Devonta Adams. So, you know, he you, you 
throw him as the uh, number two. It's our it's already a prolific offense. They're already having a great season. I think he benefits the most playing in Green Bay, and ultimately, I think he ends up in Green Bay or New Orleans. Yeah, I would probably have to agree with you. Uh, I hope I'm wrong as well. I hope you're wrong as well. I hope he doesn't end up in Green Bay. Um, good, for fantasy-wise as well, I got Devontae Adams. I don't need any targets being taken away from that man when uh, my team's on the way to a championship, hopefully. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Odell Beckham Jr., I agree with you. I think that the best place for him to end up is probably Green Bay. Um, I don't know why the Saints are in on this, uh, considering that they are not the best when it comes to uh, salary cap. And uh, I wouldn't be, you know, don't know how we're pitching Trevor Simeon to Odell Beckham Jr. and saying, hey, baby, this is it. You know, you can take well, us to the playoffs. Saying, you know, he, he, he from there, so that's the only probably allure, like, yeah. you know, home, you know. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think Green Bay is probably where he's going to be. Uh, a lot of people, I've seen a tweet, you know, from people saying that they put in a very, Green Bay put in a very small offer on OBJ. Uh but I think at the end of the day, I don't think that many teams are, you know, pushing to sign him a lot. I, I don't think it's going to be the Rams. Honestly, I don't. Um, they're I don't really know. loaded. And I, th- I think it's going to be Green Bay. And I think that's probably where he's going to benefit the most is Green Bay. Man, I hate to say it. Um, so let's go ahead and kick it over to the Green Bay fan. OK, so I've only been hearing two names, uh, teams, and that's the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers. Um, so. That's what I've been hearing. Haven't haven't looked into it too much. What I want, I would love for him to come to Green Bay, obviously. And if he doesn't come to Green Bay, I hope he goes somewhere in the AFC because that's OBJ. OBJ, he he's a threat. We all know. Um, regardless of uh, how he got to this point, you know he he's gonna he's gonna make a team better wherever he goes, and. Um, you know, outside of where I want him to go and what I've been hearing, what I believe OBJ will do is he's obviously going to want to go to a contending team and a team with a quarterback that can put the ball anywhere on the field. So with that being said, I think, you know, and I don't know every team's cap situation. I think maybe even the saints like can't because of the cap, but, um, I'm going to go through some teams that, you know, regardless of the cap situation, but that are contenders and that have a quarterback. So what I feel, you know, with, with not getting uh, information from Twitter and everything that I, I feel like a team that, you know, he could land on. I think the bills are one of them. Um, the chargers and the chiefs. Um, I think, I think there's always, uh, you know, guys like playing with Lamar, you know, he's, he's a one of a kind quarterback. He might not be, have the arm like, um, like the Josh Allen's, the Matt Stafford's the Aaron Rodgers, but you know, I think he's in a league, he's in a category of his own. So I wouldn't rule them out completely either. Um, and so the Bills, Chargers, Chiefs, Ravens, as far as the AFC and then the NFC, um, I'm going to go with the Rams. Wouldn't rule out the Seahawks completely, but, you know, they don't really fit that contender um, uh, qualification as much. Um, the Packers, obviously. And the Bucks, uh, with what the Bucks did last year, I think it's crazy to just write them off, you know, because they've proved us time and time again that we really have no idea what they're doing, and it seems like they just sign everybody. So, yeah, I think that he's going to go to a team with a quarterback, and that's a contender. 
I've been hearing the Patriots and the Packers, and I really hope it's the Packers. And if it's not, I hope he's on the other other side of the the division. No, I I agree with you on that. And I don't know. I feel like anything that all these coaches are saying is just smoking the water. You know, they're not going to come out and tell you what they're doing. Uh, It's stupid. You know, Matt Nagy's not sending his game plan uh, against the Ravens in the mail to Baltimore. Like, anything is smoking. You saying it because what Bruce Arians said? Yeah, he's saying uh, we already got A, B, O, B, J is too many letters. Like, it's all smoke in the water. I probably believe him, too. I probably don't think he's going to end up with the Bucks, but I think it's crazy if they're not listening. The guy he had also he had also said that he would never he wouldn't. I believe he said he would never or he wouldn't sign uh, Antonio Brown because he's a diva. Exactly. Scientists got talked into it, so exactly. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like the Bills because I feel like they got too many weapons. I mean, you got you a clear number one, Stefan. You still got um, Cole Beasley. You just picked up Emmanuel this year, and Dawson Knox. He's been playing pretty solid um, as of late. So I, I think that's too many weapons. The Chargers. I feel like you know they got they two Keenan Allen and um, you know the other one, but. Like all these teams have a lot of weapons that we could argue, though. That's the big thing about it. A lot of the I, I see, I feel like outside of Green Bay, um, and outside of probably the Patriots, I feel like you know, if you're talking Bucks, they're loaded, uh, Rams yeah. are loaded, Bills are loaded, Chiefs are loaded. They could use another receiver, you know, they don't outside of Tyreek, but they're still loaded when it comes to I weapons. Like, I like the Chiefs and uh, Patriots for sure, though. Yeah, yeah, most of the I, teams, most of the teams that will be getting him. We'll be having their now number three receiver, a number two receiver. You know, OBJ, right. he's probably going to step in that one or two role. Yeah, so um, a lot of these teams that were named, yeah, they do have weapons. But the Chiefs, you know, they only really have one top receiver. The Patriots, um, I just don't think that Mac Jones really fits in the category with all those other quarterbacks for obvious Agreed. reasons. But – um. Yeah, whoever does get OBJ is going to have a pretty stacked receiver, receiving core. Thanks. Agreed. All right, let's go ahead and rebuild the Detroit Lions. Uh, so we just got hired by the Ford family. We're going to rebuild the Detroit Lions. Not actually, but uh, we're just going to go through some questions real quick um, and see kind of the direction that we feel the Detroit Lions should be headed in. They've been historically bad over the last two decades. Um, only a couple playoff appearances, thanks to Matt Stafford and uh, – Megatron they've never had a true running back they seem to have found that maybe in DeAndre Swift uh their receiving core is bad Jared Goff is bad their offensive line is really good and then outside of that it's rough they're 0 and 8 so let's hop into this saying that the Lions do get the number one overall pick in 2022 of the first round next year what move should they make Justin we'll start with you um, so I'm not too, too big on college, but I did hear about the um, what Brett was saying earlier about that uh, defensive end from Oregon. Mm-hmm. They definitely should address – they shouldn't address – okay, I'll, I'll start off by saying this. They shouldn't address the quarterback position because I expect them to suck next year as well, whatever move they make. Maybe they'll have a little bit of progress, but I still expect them to be bad. And this – I know – this year, there is no clear number one quarterback, unless I'm just missing it, because like I said, I'm not too, too big on college, but there's not a clear number one, I'm like a must-have quarterback in this draft. So, and then they got holes all over the place. 
other than the O-line. But definitely uh, defense, it, if it ain't going to be that uh, defensive end, it should be a guy that's very um, – that looks to be very NFL ready. But um, if we – yeah, I, I would think it's some some kind of piece on uh, defense. I think a pass rusher would be the number one um, concern. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's got to be Kevon Thibodeau out of Oregon, 100%. Uh, they're saying he looks like a generational pass rusher. Um, if you ask me what I think the most important position on defense is in today's game, I could argue easily with you that it's a pass rusher. Someone's got to get to the quarterback and put pressure on the quarterback in today's offensive schemes, in today's offensive league. It's a passing league. So what's the best thing to do? Take the quarterback out of the game. Best way to do it? send pressure at him, send everyone at his ass. And I think Javon Thibodeau is that guy. I feel like uh, when it comes to like a good example, I want to look at the 2017 draft. Not a good draft. If you really look at it, you I mean, you'd be talking the three receivers taken in the top first top 10 picks. I'll name them all for you. Corey Davis, John Ross, and Mike Williams. Now, Corey Davis is solid. Mike Williams is solid. John Ross is garbage. Um, those are top 10 picks right there. Like, that's crazy. And I feel like we're kind of having another one of these years coming. And you look at the Detroit Lions now, you know, do they need a quarterback that's going to take them the distance? Yeah. Did the Browns need a quarterback in 2017 that was going to take them the distance? Yes. But which way did they go? They went with the generational pass rusher in Miles Garrett, and they waited for – they waited. They just waited, and then Baker Mayfield fell into their laps. Is Baker going to take them to the uh, Super Bowl? That's a question for another time. But – you go with Miles Garrett there. You go with Kevon Thibodeau here. That's my that's my that's my call all day. You go with the pass rusher. You don't reach on a QB at one point one. All right, Brett, how you feeling? Um, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you guys, Kevon Thibodeau. Um, I've I haven't been looking into the 2022 draft too much, but I've definitely heard his name since last year. Yeah. Um, and you know you referenced Miles Garrett back there, but um. You know, I think we can even talk about a little bit um, more recent. And he wasn't the number one pick, but um, what is his name? Washington football team. Chase. Chase Young. Chase Young. Chase Young. You know, he was projected to go number one overall. And Joe Burrow had that magical season and ended up being number one. So um, I really think that the football team got a number one overall pick at the number two spot. Yep. And um you know, with the NFL, it's I think it's the fastest league to where you can turn around a team. And I'm not saying that the Washington football team was turned around because, you know, they're right back to uh, the gutter, I guess you could say. But they were a playoff team last year, you know, and mm -hmm. they had an opportunity um, to do something in the playoffs. And Chase Young was a, a huge part of that. So I think that, you know, you just got to take the best guy available with as many holes you have with as many holes as the lions have. And I mean, it's not like golf is uh terrible, you know, No. Um, he has, he probably has the worst receiving core in the NFL. Easily. And um, that's definitely going to be something that they'll need to address, but it's nothing you can address with the first overall pick if that's where they land. But um, with that being said, also, uh, I, I don't think we should rule out them um, trading out of that spot. Uh, I haven't, I know it would mostly be for a quarterback position. I, I don't know too many uh, top names of the quarterbacks. I know one of the top, uh, one of the guys that's trending upwards though, and it's Heisman candidate is Kenny Pickett. 
mm-hmm. and just for obvious reasons, um, I just wouldn't want my quarterback to have the last name Pickett. So, <laughs> um, well, I know I, w- I hope uh, the best for him, but I don't see him being number one. And um, yeah, I don't think the Lions need to address the quarterback position when there's not a no-brainer available. Yeah, All right. I agree with you completely. Uh, but I will disagree with one thing that you said. I do not believe that the NFL is the fastest yeah. league where you can – That's the NBA. The NBA. Okay, well, I, NBA. I oh, did – here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Love well, it. no, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Um, I will agree with you. Yeah, you can flip a team around fast like that, but it's it's also, like, different. Like, they, they don't have, like – salary cap and things like that like like the top teams can fall off very a a lot quicker which allows these teams to rise up because of the limitations like salary cap and like you know um in the in the mlb like teams can teams can it's just different you know it's totally different yeah um i agree with you on that last year last year we saw we saw the uh I was just talking about the football team, you know, one injury of a quarterback, Dak Prescott, and now the Washington football team is getting a, a shot at the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. they were, they were terrible the year before. Now they're a playoff team and now they're terrible again. I mean, that's, yeah, that's like big switches, you know, and, and we see, I, I feel like we see this all the time. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you on that, but I feel like when it just comes to, you know, if you like you sign one player and you're an instant playoff team. Like, I think NBA. what I will say is um, it's maybe not the quickest turnaround. Maybe that's a bad word, but I just feel like in in the uh, in the uh, NBA, you know, teams are teams are better for longer, you know, like. <laughs> Like they, they have their core guys and it just stays together longer and they're better for longer. Mm-hmm. Maybe no, that yeah. doesn't happen as much in the MLB because it seems like um, guys have their years and don't have the years, you know, mm-hmm. but I just feel like there's a lot, yeah, a lot of teams just go up and down in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, I agree with you on that point of, you know, teams are better for longer. You sign LeBron to a five-year deal with the Cavs and they're a playoff team in the finals every year but they were the worst team year before. So they're going to be good for a long time. But yeah, like you said, when it just like, but like you said, maybe not turnaround is the best word there. Let's get There's back a lot to of different stuff. factors. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're getting off topic here. How far should the lions be willing to ride out Jared Goff? Right. We'll kick it off with you here. How far should the lions ride out Jared Goff? Um, I think, you know, this is a very, uh, not a very specific, specific answer but i think that they should ride them out until they can get a better option at quarterback you know Mm -hmm. i think that's the obvious answer and i don't think that they're going to be able to do that in next year's draft um you know we'll we'll just see as it goes uh so i definitely think he's got obviously the rest of this season and next season i'm not sure about his contract details but um you know that that's how i i feel like every position you know, is kind of evaluated is if, if someone is, and I mean, it's not like Jared Goff's like an old guy to where it's like, Oh, he's Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's really good, but he's on his way out. We, we got to get his replacement. Like, I just think that, you know, they should be patient with it and uh, do what seems to be best at the right time. And uh, 
to say that there's an answer for that right now is I don't think exactly. I agree with you. I think they should ride them out until they're at the point where I think, you know, their, their team is ready to go to the next level. And if you have an option then, you know, to go to the next level and you find a guy that could get you to the next level, I mean, who knows in you know, three years, who's going to be on the market for a quarterback looking for a new team, who knows? And if their team can rebuild over the next three years and you've got to ride Jared Goff for three more years until you can get better. So be it. I mean, we just seen the, Rams completely after, you know, what, like three straight playoff years, just give up on Jared Goff and, you know, Matt Stafford was on the market. Here we are. And now we're a Super Bowl team. That's how it goes. Uh, so, like, I agree with you on the standpoint. Um, I think that they should be willing to ride out Jared Goff as far as he can take them and uh, go from there. Justin, what's your opinion? Yeah, same. Because um, it's, you know, who else? Like, 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 what's your alternative option? I mean, he's here at this point. He's going to have this year under his belt. There is no must-have guy in this upcoming draft. So you stick with him next year, you suck it up. And then the following year, you find you a quarterback. And if they got to maybe sit behind him for half the season, or maybe they got to sit for a whole year, depending on how they look, who it is, their progression, um, you may even keep him – it's just started for that season. So maybe the next two years. And at that point, I mean, like you said, who knows who's on the market. So definitely for the next, definitely this season and next season for sure. So. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing, I got two more questions for you guys. Quick ones about the Lions. Uh, Dan Campbell winless through his first eight games as Lions head coach. Uh, do you guys believe from what you guys have seen from Detroit so far that he could be their long-term solution? Brad. Yeah, I do. Oh, Justin, you can start. Justin, you can start. Um, it's very possible because they have had some very some some tight games, um, like kind of earlier in the season. Um, they played, they kind of came back on San Francisco. Um, very very close game with the Ravens. Uh, so it's it's it's, it's possible. Jared Goff clearly isn't the long term answer, but that O line. That's something that I, I feel is very important. That's something that Bill Belichick always got a, a O line and a in a in a defense. And if you lock down the O line, I mean, you could put a a kind of average quarterback back there. But as long as he got time, as long as you got a solid O line, I think you can make a lot happen. And they and they got some solid pieces, Hawkinson and uh, Swift and uh, Jamal Williams. You know, you got the running back tandem. They got some all right weapons. They need some wideouts, but they got a nice tight end and a nice running game. So I mean. It's possible. You just need a, a, a better quarterback. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, Brett, what's your opinion on good old D.C.? I like uh, MCDC, as as uh, Pat McAfee calls him, Motor City, Dan Campbell. But, you know, to say he's the long-term answer at 0-8, um, you know, they're 0-8. I, I, don't, I don't think that you can say he's the long-term answer when they're sitting at 0-8. But – to say that he's not the long-term answer, um, you know, I think it's too early. They, they don't really have a team. Um, they got a lot of holes, and they just traded Stafford away, who is arguably their best player. Now, I wouldn't even argue. Ar he was their best player on the team. What did they get, three first-round picks? Two, but they're Two. not one this year. It's 23 and 24, I'm pretty sure. Okay, or maybe so, it's 20, I, mean, I don't know. It's 22 and 23, that's what it is. They've got a lot of draft picks coming. Um, 
I think, yeah, from this, from this point, I don't think uh, it's fair to say he is the long-term answer, but I think that he needs more time to say that he's not. I agree. I agree. And then uh, what, where do you guys think that uh, Detroit should check off their list next when it comes to areas of need? There's a lot of them. Where do you, where do you guys believe that Detroit should be checking off next? Definitely, definitely a pass rusher. Um, Jeff, Jeff, let's say say they take, (laughs) let's say they take Kayvon Thibodeau in the first round next year. Where do you guys think it comes next then? Probably it's got to be on either a wide receiver or a, say a linebacker. Okay. Okay. Brett, what you feel? They need a wide receiver 100%. Um, There's going to be some right now. They don't have anybody. They don't have anybody to stretch the field. Um, Very good. Very good uh, running backs. One, two punch with Swift and Williams. And um, we know golf can be that game manager type guy. They took a top O-line prospect in Penny Sewell last year. You know, if we're assuming that they take, um, Thibodeau, number one overall. Um, I'm sure they have some issues on the back end. And I just think their biggest hole outside of uh, Thibodeau being the best player available and you can always use enough, you can always use more pass rushers. Um, yeah, it's obviously wide receiver. So I'd be surprised if they don't address that in the draft uh, heavily or get some guys in the free agency. There's going to be some good guys, too, you got to think. They're going to have the Rams pick, which is probably going to be, you know, a mid to late 20s pick um, or even in the 30s with we don't know how the Rams are going to be playing out. And there's going to be some guys on the back end like Chris Olave, um, who's probably going to be a back, you know, background first round guy. So I feel like, you know, there's going to be some wide receiver prospects that Detroit could end up with. You know, I would love to see the Chris Olave, Justin Fields reunion, but the Bears don't have a first round pick this year. So it's just uh, going to be uh, interesting to see how it plays out from Detroit. Let's go ahead and quickly uh, just get our week 10 picks in. Uh, we already kind of broke down both. Uh, we didn't really break down Seahawks Packers. That was a game I really wanted to talk about. Ross will be back. Rogers will be back. Uh, do we see any way that Seattle can hold off the Green Bay Packers this weekend? Of course. Uh, I mean, with, with Russell Wilson back, um, I, I think anytime Russell Wilson's on the field and before the game, I think it'd be crazy to say that they have no shot of winning, but they are 0-4 at Lambeau Field, I believe. I know, I just got a feeling Rodgers is just going to come with vengeance um, come Sunday. And I do want to say, if they boo him when he comes out the tunnel, I will be lighting up Twitter. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, I, so. I, I think the Packers can um, can win the game. I think they're favored to win the game as long as we get Rodgers back. But to say that the Seahawks don't have a shot, they definitely have a shot. I, I don't see, uh, you know, the, the pine cone eaters up north booing Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's been talked about. It's been talked about. Yeah, it's been talked about. You'll maybe get, I think, at most 25% of the stadium uh, on the boo train. About, about 25% it. too many. 
All right, let's go ahead and get into our week 10 pickups. I named the game. You guys tell me who you're rocking with. Uh, some solid games this weekend. You know, my Bears are on a bye, so we don't have to pick a Bears loss this week like we have been. Let's go with Ravens-Dolphins. I'll go Ravens. 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 Saints-Titans. I'm rocking with the hot hand in Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. I'm gonna go out on a limb on this one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the underdog Saints. Uh, I think oh. the Titans may be riding a little high right now, and um, you know maybe maybe Sean Payton. You know I really like Sean Payton. They're the clear underdog, but you know I'm gonna try to get one up on you. And I'm gonna go with the Saints. Travis Simeon. Yep. <laughs> All right, Bills Jets. I'm rocking with the Bills. They're bouncing back. They're pissed off. Everyone's kind of mocking them this weekend. They're stomping the Jets. Division rival too. They're stomping them. Yeah, I don't. Back. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills win this game by something like thirty. Yeah, exactly. They're pissed. Uh, Lions Steelers. Do we see Detroit getting that first win this weekend uh, in Heinz Field? I don't. I'm rocking with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Steelers on the road. Steelers. It would be some sweet vengeance, though. They're due. They're due. You know, the the football gods are looked after them heavily Monday night. It would be nice to see the zero and eight Lions knock them off. Honestly. The NFC North, NFC North has been uh, giving the Steelers a run for their money as well. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Not that it matters, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Jaguars and uh, Colts. I'm rocking with uh, Indy. Yep, Indy. I'm rolling with Indy as well. Uh, Bucks Washington, we get the last year's wild card uh, rematch game, but I'm not seeing any vengeance out of Washington. I think the Bucks are going to roll here. Bucks defense don't look good at all. Um, yeah, uh, Brady coming back with a vengeance. I've got the uh, Bucks by twenty. Bucks by twenty. You heard it here. Yeah. Uh, Browns, off the bye week. Off the bye week, they're going to be nice. Browns-Pats, this is a game that I think could actually be a good game. I don't know how I'm feeling about the Browns. I just stomped the Bengals, but they lost the Steelers the week before. Uh, maybe this OBJ thing is behind them, and I'm thinking it is. Uh, I got the Browns beating the Patriots. Oh, I got I got the Pats. I'm going to go uh, with Bill Belichick and his play call, and the Browns, too, like you said. They, I don't know about them. They too iffy. I could, I could, I could see it going either way, but I'm, 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 I'm going to go with the play call and the Bill Belichick. And uh, I think the Pats pull it out. This is a tough game. Um, I feel like it's from the games that we've talked about up to this point, this seems like the closest one. But um, I'm going to roll with the Browns on this one. Um, You know, they had a really big win last week. Uh, They did really good without OBJ all last year when he was out. And, yeah, let's just say that OBJ is the problem there. I'm going to take the Browns. All right, I, I like that. I like that. Um, Falcons, Cowboys. Uh, I think this is going to be another Bills uh, Jets matchup. I think you know, uh, Cowboys are gonna they're gonna come in here pissed off about getting their asses stomped to the Broncos at home. And I think they're just gonna roll over Atlanta. I agree, Cowboys. Cowboys, yep. Uh, Panthers, Cardinals. Uh, I can't see this, you know, really going other way, any other way than Arizona here, uh, especially with Sam Darnold hitting the bench now. He hasn't been looking good. His confidence is probably just damn near shot all the way uh, to be in that backup role for the rest of his life. Uh, I'm rocking with Arizona. Definitely Arizona. I think 
uh, Sam Darnold going to be – was he sitting for, what, four or six weeks? Four something six. like that. Yeah, so easily be it. Arizona. You know, I think it's really easy to uh, pick Arizona here, but um, is Kyler Kyler Murray coming back? I think so. They were talking he's only yeah. gone one week. Okay, if Kyler Murray's back, yeah, I've got Arizona easily. But if he's not, um, we're going to have a little battle of the backup quarterbacks. Um, you know, if Colt McCoy's there again, they won They won the last game by <laughs> running the ball uh, very effectively with James Conner. So if Colt McCoy's there, I don't see uh, the Panthers allowing them to do that. You know, I'm probably going to put the ball in Colt McCoy's hands a little bit more, make him throw the one-on-ones. Um so if that's the case, you know, I, I'm going to roll with the Panthers. I do think they'd still be an underdog, but with Kyler Murray there, um, I've got the, the Cardinals rolling them. Sounds good. Vikings, Chargers, uh, Vikings have had pretty much every single game except for their Seattle game come down to one score. Lots of overtimes, lots of field goals, missed field goals. Uh, and they're going against the Chargers, a team who's in a divisional battle right now and needs to win ball games. They're in L.A., which really doesn't mean much. Um, how you guys see this one playing out this weekend? Definitely going with the Chargers. Um, the Vikings got some questionable play calling, and they don't like to finish games. Definitely going with the Chargers. I hate to say it here, but, um, you know, every time, every time the uh, Mike Zimmer hot seat gets going, and it's been a little – been going a little uh, – couple more weeks longer than than I've heard it in the past but it's from from my memory it seems like every time that happens is when the Vikings start to turn it on and um, this whole year I feel like they've played to their competition you know the good teams they've they've played up and like you said they've been in one score games um, just about just about every week uh, so I, I expect the Vikings to probably they're going to be an underdog for obvious reasons probably like a 170 180 money line and i think the vikings are gonna uh win this game gonna be a close one see look this is this is i don't know about the vikings man i fucking have picked them i said that when the cowboys had deck prescott i thought it was gonna be a really good game they lost that i thought with the Ravens, i thought they i picked the vikings to beat the ravens last weekend and here i am again thinking that the vikings are gonna win this game uh maybe i just need to keep pick keep picking the Vikings and hopefully they just keep on losing with my prediction. So I'm gonna roll with the Vikings this week over the chargers. Uh, like Brett said, you know, Zimmer's seat, Zimmer's seat is uh, probably the hottest has been in his entire tenure with Minnesota right now, sitting at a uh, three and five coming off a loss to Cooper rush. Um, and then another loss to uh, you know, a solid Ravens team on the road in overtime where things could have, where they blew a, you know, 17 point lead. Uh, and got outscored 28 to seven in the second half. So the seat's definitely warm for Zimmer. Uh, but I think it's going to be Minnesota this weekend. Uh, Seahawks, Packers, uh, Russ is back. Rodgers is back. We kind of broke this one down. Uh, Brett's rolling with the pack. I bet I'm rolling with the pack. Uh, Justin, who are you rolling with? Green Bay. You, you rolling with the pack, Brett? Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Of course, he's going with the pack. Uh, Eagles Broncos. I think this is going to be a better game than most suspected to be. And honestly, I'm rocking with the Eagles. I'm gonna go with Denver. I'm gonna go with Denver. I'm not. I'm never confident when I pick them, but I just no. I Denver. Yeah, Denver. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Denver. I'm rolling with the Broncos on this one. Um, you know, I may be wrong, 
Um, it's not like I've put too much time into um, this opinion here, but I really think that Jerry Judy is the key to their offense. He's uh, he's the best receiver on the team, and I feel like he's going to open a lot of things up for him. Uh, Javante Williams seems to be getting week better week by week. He runs like Derrick Henry, honestly. I mean, not not okay. as big, not as strong, but that dude runs. He has some angry runs. Um, so with you know with him getting better week by week, uh, the Broncos coming off a big win, you know, probably having some confidence in the locker room. Um, I expect the Broncos to win probably a close game. And uh, I think Jerry Judy is going to be um, a key to uh, their success next week. All right. All right. All right. I like it. I had to get my little switch up in there. I had to get the, I had to get the Eagles while you guys both picked the Broncos. Um, and then uh, Chiefs Raiders for the Sunday night matchup, big divisional game, huge divisional game. You know, I think that the winner of this could be walking away with the division potentially, and that's why I'm rolling with the Chiefs. Um, I'm 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 so no picking the Raiders so far after they got rid of Gruden. I picked them. Um, I think I, I don't know, man. It's just I'll be having gut feelings about the the uh, Raiders, so I'm 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 roll with them this week. It's a divisional matchup. No faith in the Chiefs defense. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna stick with the Raiders. I would love to see the Raiders win this game, but I'm rolling with the Chiefs. Uh, they're sitting at five and four. They've come. I think they're on a two-game win streak at least. I know they beat the Giants and beat the Packers, both in close games. You know, they've they've been ugly wins, as you can say, and. Um, earlier in the show, we talked about how last year the Raiders uh, played the Chiefs very well. And I expect them to do that again. Um, I just think the Chiefs are going to get another ugly win. Yeah, I mean, it's a divisional matchup for sure. I'm expecting it to be a close game. These two teams always play each other tough. Uh, I just I agree with Brett. I think it's going to be an ugly win. Chiefs on top on the road. And then uh, Monday night, we got Rams 49ers, another divisional matchup, not as significant as Chiefs Raiders. Uh I think this is the Rams. What they needed was a little kick in the mouth. Uh, every good team needs that kick in the mouth. Some teams get it earlier than others. Some teams get it late. Uh, but I think that Titans one was a kick in the mouth on the road. Offense shut down. I got Rams rolling over the 49ers. 20-plus win. Von Miller debut. They gonna, uh, I think they're going to have a great game. Yeah, I agree. Rolling. Rams. I'm going to take the Rams as well. I think this game is going to be a little closer uh, than than what maybe the average person expects. Like, uh, for example, like Vegas, you know, whatever the line is. I, I'll take the, the points, 49ers and the points, but I do think the Rams are going to win this game. I think this could be the nail in uh, Kyle Shanahan's coffin. I think he might be done, though. I know I wasn't expecting him to be on the hot seat this year, but I think he's on the hot seat, especially after that Cardinals loss last week to Colt McCoy. Uh, they're going to be – there's John Lynch probably isn't one happy dude uh, right now, seeing how the 49ers season's played out so far. Uh, but that's going to wrap up uh, episode number 15 of the Pinewood Perspective. Appreciate Brett filling in today. Uh, I'm OG. I'm Justin Matthews. And this is the Pine Wood Perspective. Mm-hmm.